Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Phone plan streams in standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Taking sides, we're taking over. Yeah. Love God, love people, love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Huh? Screen. Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and at harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. Father, as we prepare to receive this prophetic word, I pray that you would stir us, that you would move us into what you have ordained. This is our story. Our story is your story, and it is for your glory. In Jesus' name, we are not just regular folk. We are not just bumps on a log. We are not just average somebodies. We were sent to rule, to reign, to conquer, and to subdue. So as I release this prophetic word into this house, stir us, move us for the advancement of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. Uh, uh, Last month, we had a wonderful fall regional conference, and there were some prophetic words that were released. There were some prophetic words that were released, and uh, I want you to hear these prophetic words. They're first going to play a prophetic word from one of the bishops during the day session, and then they're going to end with a prophetic word that was shared during one of the evening sessions that involves me, but whatever involves me involves we. I think it's a few folk that say, I'm connected to my man of God. I'm connected to my man. So where I go, we go. So, so look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready to receive this. You can be seated. Let's watch this. You should be standing on your feet giving God a shout. I needed you to hear that again because God has not forgotten. God has not changed his mind. I need somebody, anybody, everybody. Shabbat the Lord. Somebody say, we are are. that people. people. Go to Acts 17 and 6. Go to Acts 17 and 6. I needed you to hear that. So that when you see what I'm about to do, you understand. Acts 17 and 6. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason. Jason means healer, doctor. And some brethren to the rulers of the city crying out, These who have turned the world 
upside down. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Now they got a problem with them. And they got a problem with them because they're turning stuff upside down. It says, these who had, now in case you don't know who these, say these. It was talking about not just the apostles, but then the disciples of the apostles. So it wasn't just the men of God, it was the people of God that were led by the men of God. So when the people of God and the men of God came together, the testimony, the story on the street about them was that they have turned the world upside down. And here's what they were mad about. And they've come here now. Uh, it's some atmospheres, it's some folk, it's some environments that your very presence is a threat. Because you didn't come to take sides. When you show up, you came to take over. And so that's why they talk about you on your job. That's why they talk trash about you in your family. That's why they do all of that. Because what they're really saying is you must be one of them Acts 17 and Sixers. And they've come here too. Somebody holler, we're here now. Father, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, that we will move and walk in what you have ordained. We are those Acts 17 and Sixers, those who have come to turn the world upside down. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're in week five of this series called This Is My Story. And we've been learning some life-giving lessons from the stories of others. And we've covered a lot of ground, y'all, over these last few weeks. We started with two Simons, then talked about Ananias and Sapphira. Spent a long time with the children of Israel. And now I want to focus our attention on the book of Acts. Somebody say Acts. It is literally the book of Acts referring to the Acts of the Apostles uh, after uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And after Jesus now spends 40 days with the uh, apostles teaching them, giving them instruction, giving them direction. And then now it is the day of Pentecost. And at that moment, the church goes from a 120 remnant of people uh, that was some offshot, a long shot group of misfits to now reaching its pinnacle when Paul declared the gospel to the kingdom in Rome. Acts is a 32-year journey. It is a 32-year journey from the beginning of the book of Acts to the end of the book of Acts. It takes 32 years for the gospel to reach its pinnacle and get to the kingdom, which was at Rome. Uh, the concept was that once the gospel got to Rome, the gospel could get everywhere. It is tantamount to, if you want to make real change in the nation, where would you say to go in America? Washington, D.C. So uh, going to Rome was the very same principle and tantamount that it was when the apostle Paul got to Rome and preached the gospel there the gospel was able to spread like wildfire and so what was a little over here a little over there a little over there turns into now this mighty movement that shakes the entirety of the kingdom now the reality is is that this group of people Jesus started with they were misfits this group of people Jesus started with they were grieving this group of people Jesus started with and Acts starts with, rather, they were a people that had been through a lot. Imagine now, the leader of this movement, who everybody said wasn't going to succeed, everybody said wasn't who he said he was, he is now gone, and he has now left his leaders in place, and it's their responsibility to take what he gave them and take it to the kingdom. Imagine now, the feeling, though, that they've got saying, well, how are we going to do it without him being there anymore? 
How are we going to make it happen without him being physically present anymore? Not understanding that Jesus said, everything you need, I've been teaching you. Everything you need, I've been giving you. Everything you need, I've imparted into you. But imagine now uh, the great gravity and the great weight that they'd have to deal with, knowing that there's about 120 of them in this place called the upper room in the beginning of Acts. And they now go from this upper room in the beginning of Acts to by the end of the chapter of Acts, they have taken the entirety of the kingdom because the apostles. Paul is speaking in the very place the Caesar sits inside of Rome. Bishop Foma, what are you trying to say? The best stories, hear me y'all, they start sorry, they start slow, and they start sad. But when God is first in every area of our lives, even sorry starting stories will evolve for his glory. I'm here to tell somebody, I don't care how sorry your story was when it started. I don't care how slow your story has been because some of you feel like it's been taking you forever to get nowhere. I don't care how sad your story has been. Uh, God has the ability when he's first to take even the worst of stories and get something great out of them for his glory. Would you slap your neighbor a high five and say, my story is evolving. See, the story about the people in the book of Acts, remember, it is these 12 apostles now uh, in the book of Acts. Judas had to die because he was disloyal, and disloyal people always have to uh, die. Please understand, there's a price for dishonor, there's a price for disloyalty, and it is the death of something that was very significant to you. So they replaced Judas with this guy named Matthias. Somebody say Matthias. And when they replace him, these 12 ruling apostles, they were called bishops, they were 12 ruling apostles, they take the gospel from this upper room, and on the first day in Acts chapter 2, they go from 120 to 3,120 people. Stay with me, I'm going somewhere. But to by the end of the book of Acts, in 32 years, the gospel now goes to the entirety of the kingdom. And the word on the street about this group of people that started in some seemingly insignificant place was that they have been turning the world upside down. You, you're not hearing me. You don't even understand how big of a threat you already are. Harvest, we don't even understand how big of a deal we already are because sometimes we allow the circumstances that we are in and we allow the vicissitudes that we face to phase us out and make us not realize the great gravity and weight that it is we already are. Watch this. They were in a crazy situation, but the word on the street about them is that they were turning the world upside down. You might be broke right now, but the word on the the street about you is you're turning the world. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You might be discouraged right now, but the word on the street about you is you are walking in what God is ordained. You might feel discouraged right now, but the word on the street about you is that you came to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. You don't even know what you're doing. They were now in a crazy circumstance, but the story on the street about them was that they were turning the world upside down. I don't think you understand it. I don't think you get it. They were dealing with crazy situations. But the word on the street, the story about them, was that they were blowing up. They were dealing with constant issues, constant fighting, constant stress, constant drama, constant disloyalty, constant betrayal. Every time they turned around, they had help the deal. I'm talking to somebody because truth be told, you've been moving, but every time you turn around, you're like, why in the hell is it always something? Go Where the real people at? I'm not cussing. Hell is a Greek word that means trash, hot trash at that. 
Why in the world is it always something? It is because the scripture says that a story was being crafted about them. A story was being formed about them just like a story is being formed about you. See, you may be looking at your life and say, it ain't very much, but I'm going to tell you the story on the street about you is you are those that are turning the world upside down. Somebody say, that's my story question is how did they become known as those that have turned the world upside down the same way we will be as individuals and as a church together we are the church say we are the church so there's three things I want to give you uh, so that you understand how to be an act 17 and sixer that, that's my story that's our story uh, that is I, uh, the reason why I needed you to hear those prophetic words uh, because please understand uh, uh, it is only up from here And you are now in a season of life where all dead weight has to be cut immediately. You are now in a season of life to anybody that ain't going with you is in your way. And so you need to tell some people, you move too slow, you take too long. I don't have time for that because I am those that will turn the world upside down. So Denver, get with me or I'll leave you. You got to tell some family folk, get with me or I got to go. You, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You, you got to tell certain friends, you either get with me or I got to go. Because the story on the street is that I'm already doing more than I'm doing anyhow. So I need to make that story worth something. Three things they did. First thing, they had the power of purpose. Uh, when they became part of God's story, their story became significant. I need you to hear that. Uh, when they became part of God's story, their story became significant. All these folk were not worth mentioning historically until they became part of God's story. <laughs> a lot of times we live in a culture now where you're so focused on your story, you don't get it that your story is insignificant unless you decide to be a part of his story. That's what history is, his story. So now if you want to make history, you've got to be a part of his story, not your story. Because nobody's interested in reading about an individual. They are interested in reading about an individual that has changed regions, cities, environments, cultures, places. Are you here? Now, they had a why that fueled their what? <laughs> Say the power of purpose. Whenever you get the right why, you can deal with any what. You not hear what I'm saying? Uh, whenever you have the right why, you can deal with any what. If I understand why I have to go through this, it will give me the ability to deal with the what I have to deal with. I think I got some honest folk in here that the truth be told. Uh, listen, you give me the right why, I'll, I'll fight, I'll tick, I'll scream, I'll holler, whatever I got to do. I just need to know why. Well, can I tell somebody in here the why for everything you have to deal with so that you can qualify to call yourself an Act 17 and 6, sir? You don't get to turn the world upside down until your world has been turned upside down. And now you got to put together the pieces of those that dropped you. Put together the pieces of those that left you. Pick up the drop. Ah. Uh, uh, whatever you do and ultimately, uh, 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 and however you do it, ultimately has one purpose according, according to the Bible. And that is to build the church. Now, I, I need to get to this because we live in a culture that doesn't say this. And this is the reason why you got a bunch of frustrated folk that feel like failures. And they feel like failures and they're frustrated because they're trying to do their own thing versus his thing. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. 
not ambassadors for your side hustle. That's why some of your side hustles are failing, because your side hustle is independent of the advancement of the church. Uh-huh. As though God was pleading through what? Us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, look at me. Your purpose, say my purpose. Your purpose is that in whatever you do and however you do to reconcile or join people back to God. If you are not doing that, whatever you are doing is wasting time. It will eventually die. That's why in the book of Acts, uh, they were complaining about the Christians, this movement that was sweeping across the region. And they said, uh, what should we do about these people? And one of the rulers said, let me tell you something. If this isn't God, it'll fade away. But if it is, and you get in God's way, you're going to have some trouble. Well, I said, if you want whatever you're doing to last, old church used to say it like this, only what you do for Christ will last. No, I says, watch this. Now, now, I need you to get this. Say, say I'm an ambassador. That means it's your job to present the case of Jesus in every environment that you're in for the goal of reconciling people back to God for the advancement of the church. If you're not doing that, then you are not following the scripture. So on your job, you are not just there to get a check. And but Bishop, I don't want to offend them. To hell with how they feel offended. To heck with how they feel this or that. But why? Because I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to turn this job upside down. I'm not here to play games with y'all. I am here to be an ambassador. So every time you see me coming, you better step out the way unless you want to get prayed for. I am not here to appease you. I am here as an ambassador to represent the interests of the nation that sent me. That nation is called the kingdom, which means my only interests are the interests of the advancement of the church because the church is the government of the kingdom in the earth. Matthew 16, 18, say they had power of purpose. Say they had power of purpose. Matthew 16, 18. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The rock there is Mount Hermon, literally Jesus is pointed at Psalm 133. It was a place of unity. Say unity. Uh, he, he said, and that's what they had in the book of Acts. They had tremendous unity. They dealt with all kind of drama. And when they recognized somebody was causing trouble, they put them out and said, let the rest of us just keep going. You keep dead weight too long. You keep Judas's too long. You keep snakes around too long. You are not the snake whisperer. You are not the snake charmer. And watch this. And the more you talk with them, you just make them wiser about how to deceive you. You sitting there talking about, oh, I think we made some progress. You cannot make progress with the enemy. You cannot make progress with the devil. How are you going to sit up and tell, if God couldn't talk him out of being that way, who are you? Verse. He, he, said, he said, on this rock, Psalm 133, on this place of unity, I will build your side hustle. I will build your marriage. I will build you and Bay's relationship. I will build your social media following. I will build your college career. Nope. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Look at me. Reason hell wins against a lot of y'all is because you're not building his thing. Only thing he protects is what he builds. Well, he told you what is he building. What is he building? His church. Well, who is his church? We are. 
So then the people build the place. The place becomes the place where the people gather. Then the place becomes the place of the movement. The people become the movers in the movement. And they all together turn the world upside down. The only thing Jesus is building is the church. So if you say you have a destiny that isn't advancing the church, where would that come from? We have a lot of bad theology in the world today. Oh, just go after your destiny. Question, where is that in the scriptures? Where's that in there? Can you show me a verse? Can you show me a chapter with that? I just gotta, I just gotta fulfill my purpose in life. Can you show me a verse with that? Show me a scripture with that. He told you your purpose. An ambassador. An ambassador. Y'all not hear that? An ambassador. Ambassadors don't get to set their own agenda. Ambassadors have to follow the agenda that was set for them by the ruler of the nation they represent. The, the, the United States ambassador cannot go to another country representing their own interests. They have to represent the interests of the president, regardless of whether they like the interests or do not like the interests. Watch this. Regardless of whether they like the man or do not like the man, their role says you must represent his interests. Now, now, now here's the issue. Here's the issue. So, so we got to I'm just, I'm just going after my purpose, going after my destiny. But none of it advances the church. So where did you get that from? It's, it's quiet in the church. Y'all sound and men go. So here's what happens. So God says, I'm not involving myself in your business because you're not involved in my business. So you're trying to build all this stuff and have God on the side. That's American Christianity. I'm going to do my thing. Come put in my time on Sunday. Prayer hands. Prayer emoji. And then I'm gone. Because I'm doing my thing. It's all about me. Because I have 40 people following me on Instagram. I got a Facebook following. I got a Snapchat following. I have all these friends. I, I, I got all this stuff I got to do. I got vacation. I got this. I got this. I got this. And God says, and you wonder why I'm not involved in your business. Because you are not advancing my business. And there's only one thing I ever told y'all I was building, God says. The church. So, so let's, check, let's check it. Say the power of purpose. Power of purpose. So how do you take these guys went through some stuff. We're about to look at it in a minute. These guys went through some stuff. How do you go through drama? How do you go through issues? How do you go through all of this trouble and be able to have the ability to go through it? And as you have the ability to go through it, you're dealing with folk, uh, you know, they, they would just desert them. You know, they'd be on a trip somewhere. It ain't like you could text somebody. It, it ain't like you could do that. They, they, you'd be on a trip somewhere, and uh, as you're on that trip, uh, you know, they just run off. They just go. And, and now you got to make it on your own. Uh, how you deal with folk, these guys were being massacred in front of people in order to silence other folk in the church. Now, I'd spend some time there. How do you deal with that unless you have a why? Say, that's purpose. Touch them and say, I have my why now. So for everybody to me, I just don't know what to do. I'll tell you what to do. Be an ambassador wherever you go and make sure whatever you're doing is advancing the church. See, because when you say kingdom, here's, what, here's what they, what's the kingdom? 
kingdom is heaven's attributes on earth. So here's the kingdom. Kingdom is God's influence in seven areas of society. Family, arts and entertainment, business, spirituality, media, and education. And what's the last one? Government. So wherever you are in those areas, it's your job to advance the church. Because the church is the government of the kingdom. So every kingdom has a government, right? Okay, well, we are the government of the kingdom. So I cannot be expanding the kingdom and not build the government of the kingdom. Do you understand the advancement of the church? Okay, so then it ain't, well, that's Bishop's church. No, it's yours. Advance it. Build it. Put your life into it. Put your time into it. Put your energy into it. Why? It's the only thing he's building. See, he said, I will build my what? Church. So if I'm building the church, by default, I'm expanding the kingdom because everybody in the church is in the kingdom. They're in one of these seven areas of society. Are you still here? Now, the first thing they had was a power of purpose. Say the power of purpose. Second thing they had was a fierceness of focus. A fierceness of focus. What's this? Acts 2.42. Y'all still with me? Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly. Say they were fiercely focused. Y'all ain't talking like an army. Say they were fiercely focused. In the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Doctrine means what they were taught and then fellowship in the breaking of bread and then prayer. Well, I says, when they left church, they did not just go back to normal life. When they left church, they went and they sat and they ate, but they discussed the message. And then they shared it with other people. You're missing what I'm saying. So, so watch this. It's a very, very practical principle. They were so fiercely focused. They said, when I leave here, I want to make sure I still got it. So when I leave here, what we're going to talk about while we're eating is what we just learned. Because we don't have time to go back to who we were, go back to how we lived. So we have to be fiercely focused, which means even when we eat, we're talking about what we just learned. Y'all won't even follow social media instructions. Tag a neighbor, say this, do that. Quiet in here. Say, say they discussed it. Now, now I says, when you leave church, what do you do with what just happened? Here's what most people do. You go back to life as usual. So you come in here, hallelujah, evolution time, all that. You shout and you run and you jump and you spin and you do all that. And that's phenomenal. And then you walk right out the door, put your head down, get right back in your little phone. Oh, what's so-and-so doing? What's so-and-so doing? You're so concerned about everybody else. They building. You ain't. You go right back to life as usual. You go right back to the same folk. I just told you in the message, don't try to negotiate with snakes. Some of you right after church are going to call a snake. Where are you going to eat? Then you're going to get bit. Then you're going to complain to God. Then you're going to be bitter. Then you're going to be mad. Then you're going to spend the next two years of your life wondering why you, you all messed up. It's because you are not fiercely focused. You are deliberately distracted. Watch this example. Touch a neighbor and say, we're going somewhere. Uh, in Acts 14, 19, see, see they were fiercely focused. I, I like the people I ask. I mean, just think about it. Just, just think about, they're dealing with all kind of drama. stuff. Your, your drama doesn't compare to a, 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 any monochrome of their drama. The whole nation was against them. They were massacring Christians. They were killing Christians. Peter, who you shout about, was crucified upside down. 
Why? For preaching this. No, no, no. For preaching. And you talking about so-and-so unfriended me. And? I, I have a gift. It's another spiritual gift. Matter of fact, I'm going to give it to you too. Touch the neighbor and say, I wonder what that gift is. It's called a gift of goodbye. If you can walk, let me help open the door for you. Now, they went out from among us that it might be made manifest that they were never really of us. If you can go, I want you to go because I need some people around me that when it's tough, they're going to be there. When it's rough, they're going to be there. When it ain't convenient, they're going to be there. You don't need people in your life that see you as an option. I got a gift. They had that gift too. They'd be going and if one of the guys broke away from the church, they'd be like, get away from us. Well, you're not even going to talk to me? No, we're focused. Get out of the way. Move, trick. Get out the way. Some of y'all need to do that with some folk tomorrow on your job. They always come and talk and trash. Say, move. Get out the way. Look at Acts 14, 9. Watch their focus. Watch their focus. Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there. And having persuaded the multitudes... They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Look, look at this. Just leave the verse up for just a moment. They persuaded the multitudes. Anyone who can be persuaded against you. A folk that were never persuaded by you. Let me just give you a lesson in people interaction. Anyone, I hear it, so-and-so, so-and-so, so that, Okay. Okay, very good. That's all. Nothing further. Nothing further. No, nothing further. Paul had healed folk, delivered folk. They was changing lives. And then because some crazy folk came around, and these crazy folks started doing all this talking, the Bible says they persuaded the multitude. Multitudes go with the wind. Multitudes, they'll believe anything about anybody. Because the truth be told is they're not really a follower, they're a fan. The thing about fans is that you can change your allegiance predicated upon wins and losses. Verse, it says, it says, then they stoned Paul. Same ones you just prayed for. If you read the chapter, he prayed for him, he healed him, he did all that. They stoned Paul and dragged him out the city. They said, get out of here, Paul, supposing him to be dead. Now, if they suppose him to be dead, it's a multitude of people. He probably is dead. Supposedly. Which means sometimes God has the ability to let you look like it is worse than it is just to get the vultures away from you. I know I am. That's why I'm talking slow. See, they supposed him to be dead, so now he wasn't a threat. Sometimes God will allow your life to look worse than it is so that the vultures will leave you, so that the users will leave you, so that the folk that really wasn't with you, they'll leave you because they'll think, I can't get nothing out of them no more. I can't get nothing out of them no more. So let me leave them because I don't need them anymore. Not understanding, it only looks that way, supposedly. Verse 20, however, the disciples, what they do, got around him 
And what did he do? He rose up and went to the city. And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derby. I don't think you understand this. He got beat so badly, everybody thought he was dead. He got beat so intently, everybody thought he was dead. Do you not know that once some folk got around him, just look at your road, say, I got you. Once some folk got around him, the book says Paul got up. And Paul was like, I'm so glad them crazy folk gone for me. Let's go to the city. I'm going to tell you, before God does something great, he has to get the multitude folk up, up, up. Before he does something significant, you can't give birth with everybody in the delivery room. Watch how focused he was. Paul was like, Paul was like, he was stoned, church. You understand that means broken bones, broken blood vessels, busted eyes, bloody eyes, all that. He was stoned so bad they thought he was dead. And Paul, once the multitude disperses, Let's go. I just got to tell somebody, open your eyes, rise up, get back to building, get back to work, get back to prayer, get back, rise up and get to going. Uh, uh, say they were focused. Paul's like, let's go. Like, come on, Barnabas, let's go. Paul, you you ain't going to take some time off for what? Paul, you ain't going on vacation? I'm not done yet. Paul, you ain't going to step away for what? Paul, don't you need some time to heal? I'll heal while I'm healing. I'll heal while I'm helping somebody else. I'll heal while I'm moving forward in what God has ordained. I'm not worried about all that because I have a power of purpose. I got a why that drives my what, and I've got a fierceness of focus. I'm so focused on this woe unto anybody that death can't even stop me. But Paul said, you can't even kill me to stop me. I'll get up. Some of you need to tell depression, you couldn't even kill me. I got up. You need to tell betrayal, you couldn't even kill me. I got up. You need to tell financial lack, you couldn't even kill me. I got up. You need to tell that relationship that failed, you couldn't even kill me. I got up. Maybe your children were acting crazy. You could not kill me. I got up. Somebody, how I'm getting up today. That ain't how you say it if you mean it. How I'm getting up today. Bob says, Bob says he rose up. He rose up. You sitting here complaining, I'm just so this. You ain't been stoned to death. I'm just so frustrated. You ain't stoned to death, you're distracted. The reason your life seems so hard right now is because you're not focused. You are deliberately distracted by everything that does not matter. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, Somebody got me hooked on one of these little games on on the phone. This little bakery game. Anybody know about the bakery game? Nobody knows about two people. Two people know about the bakery. So it's this game where you build a bakery, and I'm a builder, so I like this. I like the whole concept of it. So I was like, I can get with this. And then before I knew it, I was on that phone, and I looked over at the clock. I said, Oh my God! I said, 
all this time I've been investing in this game. Now, it wasn't a lot of time. For me, it was a lot of time. It wasn't a lot of time. I was deliberately distracted. So while I was building a fake bakery, your, your neighbor has been very distracted as of late by things that really do not even matter. It's some stuff I told somebody the other day, they were saying, Bishop, they were telling me something. And I said, you know what I remember? They said, what's that, sir? When I cared about that. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> I rose up out of that. It's some stuff you need to say, you know what I remember? <laughs> when that mattered. <laughs> you know what I remember? When trying to please folk that ain't paying for nothing mattered. Well, I said, say they were, they were focused. See, whatever you focus on becomes bigger. I'm almost through. That's why the scripture says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. What did you say? Make him bigger to you. Whatever you focus on becomes bigger. Say, whatever I focus on becomes bigger. They were focused on watching this thing called Christianity spread like wildfire. And because that was their focus, it didn't matter what happened. He was stoned to death and got up the next day walking to the next city. Do, do you not understand this? This is not just some story. Like it wasn't in his head he got stoned. He wasn't stoned in a dream. He was stoned to death and then got up. That's the best you got? It was like Ike and Tina in the limo. Come on, where are my movie watches at? Ike was acting crazy and Tina was like, that's the best you got? I dare somebody that's been going through hell lately to just make this declaration say, is that the best you got? Yeah, yeah, and watch this. It is. And if you survive that, I'm going to tell you, it's only time to rise up from here. That was the best shot they had. What was it? <laughs> Paul's like, that's the best you got? Mm. That's it? Oh, you thought I was going to stop because of that? You thought I was going to quit because of that? You thought I was going to lose focus because of you? Come on, Barnabas, let's go. Some of y'all need to tell Joy, come on, let's go. Need to tell Shalom, come on, let's go. You need to tell prosperity. Come on. Let's go. Here's the third thing they had. We're done. They had the tenacity to triumph. Power of purpose. They got a why behind their what. Then they had the fierceness of focus. They made their mission bigger. It was bigger. Say it's bigger. It has to be bigger than everything else. If it's not, you'll never have the tenacity to triumph. Watch this. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, God always leads us into triumph. Say always. always. Check this out. But to be led, you have to be led. Mm -mm. God always what? Put the verse up. He always what? Talk, church. What? In triumph. Look at me. Which means triumph is a place. In which I must be led to. But to be led, I have to be led. 
Here's the problem in American culture today. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. I'm grown. I'm this. I'm that. I'm going to do it my way. Mama said, Mama ain't never triumphed. Daddy said, Daddy ain't never triumphed. Why are you listening to people without triumph about how to get some? Okay, nothing against mom, dad, cousin, uncle, brother, sister, Kinsiera, bar mitzvah, Kwanzaa, whatever. Listen, but, but, but he says, Jesus leads us into triumph, which means I have to be led to this place. You're missing it. I'm not going to stumble into triumph. I'm not going to find it on my own. Be a good church. I have to be led there. So that's why we come to church, right? It's so that we can be led there. Because it doesn't say, and God always causes us to triumph. Somebody says, it says that he always leads us. Well, to be led there, you have to be led. So if you're not a persistent follower, it explains why you're not led into triumph. Now, now, now check this out. Check this out. I want to show you something. How do I do that, Bishop? There's this scripture that that I like, and I had to find a way to fit it into this point because it's such a powerful scripture. This is where you're going to shout. It's been kind of pedagogical up to this point, but it's about to turn real charismatic Pentecostal in about two minutes. Watch this. Watch this. Isaiah 32.8. Say, how do I do this, Bishop? Come on, talk to me, church. Say, how do I do this, Bishop? Isaiah 32.8. But a generous man devises generous things and by his generosity he shall stand that word stand in the hebrew language of our old testament here's what it means he will surge suddenly after he falls okay all right okay all right okay let's just talk it out but a generous man devises what generous things think about it when you start going through stuff you notice how a lack of generosity develops in you? You don't want to help nobody. You'll see somebody trying to get the door. Did nobody get the door for me? You'll, uh, you know, you, 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 <laughs> you'll be in church and we receive an offering. That's real nice, Lord. I just, I'm just, Lord, I, mm. you know, you, 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 you'll, you'll see you can help somebody. Which, now I'm not talking about enabling, my helping. You see, you can help somebody. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm just not doing all that. Notice what the text says. A generous man devises what? Generous things. And by his what? Generosity, he shall surge suddenly after he falls. One of the things I notice in the book of Acts, if you read it, you'll see, and we just finished it in our daily Bible reading, uh, so if you've been doing the daily Bible reading Harvest Bible app, you just finished it. See, I timed it together. See? Watch. If you read, these guys were givers on a whole nother level. Not just financially, if tithes, offerings, virtues. These guys, the scripture says one day they needed to go on a mission. And so the apostles were like, well, uh, you know, well, how, how are we going to pay for that? The scripture says they did so well that they were able to say, well, here, that's what you need. Boom. Whoop, there it is. Take it. Let's go. They were givers on a whole nother level. And so now it makes sense. Watch this. Come on, be a good church. While the apostle Paul could be stoned to death, be a good church. And it looks like he was down for the count. 
But then all of a sudden, he opens his eyes, and then he stands. He surges suddenly after he falls. Why? Because he was a generous man, and generous people always surge suddenly after they fall. I tell you, slap your neighbor, high five, say, I'm generous, I'm generous. Through, 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 through his generosity, he shall surge suddenly after he falls. Check it out. They were bleeding but still leading. They were grieving but still giving. They were treated like goons, but they were still generous. If you read them, it, 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 it's amazing to watch their story. It's inspiring in a way like I've never been inspired before. See, I look for inspirational stories. When I go to the movies, I pray. I know that sounds crazy. When I go to the movies, I pray before I go to the movies. I don't care what I'm seeing. Whether it's saw something or whatever, I pray because I'm, I'm going to get something out there. I paid my $12, I'm going to get something besides just a good time. And so, and so, and so, uh, uh, and so I pray before I go to the movies because, because I'm always looking for something. But when you look at the book of Acts, it is the most inspirational story ever. Because you watch these guys deal with crazy stuff. And you watch them get right back up. Because they had a power of purpose. They had a why that drove their what. They had a fierceness of focus. They made the mission bigger than them. And then they had the tenacity to triumph because they were generous. You wouldn't stay down so long if you'd stop being so stingy. And for some, it ain't stingy. You're just cheap on everything except what matters. So you spend $200 for some shoes and then drop off a $20 love offer for the man of God that speaks life into your life. I ain't beating you up. I'm just saying. I'm saying it. You know what that is? That's called tenacity. Tenacious. I like lions. In case you haven't figured that out. I like lions. <laughs> he knows. See, even the kids know. I love lions. And I like lions. Now, I learned some stuff about lions that really concerned me in terms of how they do family. Because I was like, oh, come on, Mufasa. You letting Sarabi go do the hunting? This is not acceptable. You go get it and bring it back to her. So I learned some stuff that bothered me, but I said they still look great. So, um, But they have a tenacity about them. They're tenacious. In fact, I like watching on Discovery when they have Shark Week because it's good to see yourself on screen. So that's just me. That's just me. Maybe you have a different animal. That's just me. When I look at them and them great whites, they come down and they be sort of, I'll be like, yes. Eat that seal. Shouldn't have been there. It knew it was swimming with a shark. Shouldn't have got mad when it got got. But the reason I like them, sharks and lions. In fact, somebody, a uh, preacher made me a shirt that says lion shark. reason I like that, reason I like that, anybody else like lions or sharks? Lions. I catch lions. I'm just joking. It's okay. Nobody's perfect. So, I'm just playing. I'm just joking. It's because they're tenacious. When a lion decides it's about to have a gazelle, it's decided. And that gazelle, best thing it can do is make everything right with the Lord. <laughs> Father, forgive me for every grasshopper I accidentally killed, Lord. Forgive me. Best thing they can do is make things right with the Lord because it's about to die. 
Why? Because the lion has decided, I'm going to eat you. Reason I like sharks, watch this. I'm going somewhere with it. Touch your neighbor and say, Bishop's going somewhere. Reason I like sharks, church, is because with a shark, once it decides it's going to get that seal, even if the seal fights, it's got this little thing that comes over its eye. I'm going to help somebody that says, I'll cover my eyes while I'm in the fight. Because the fight might be vicious. You might scratch me. You might come after me. But I guarantee you one thing. I'm going to eat you. It's tenacious. You know what tenacious means? It means that you're persistent. But, but, but watch this. Here's what it means. To grip something firmly. Tenacious. Say tenacious. Now, now watch this. John 12, 27. And we're done. I want you to see this. This is Jesus speaking. Now, Acts is nothing more than what Jesus set into motion. John 12, 27. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Jesus is getting ready now for his moment of death. Look at what he says. Father, save me from this hour. He, he says, my soul, my mind, thoughts, will, and emotions are exceedingly troubled. He says, so should I say this? Father, save me. That's what some of y'all been saying. Lord, save me. Lord, get me out of this valley. Lord, get me out of this mess. Lord, get me out of this issue. But watch what tenacity says. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Which means I was built for battle. So I'm not going to get better at battles, getting out of battles. I just need to learn how to win while I'm in battles. So now let's bring the shark, let's bring the lion, then let's take it home. Here it is. So the lion says, I've decided that this is my target. I have a power of purpose. Come on, be a good church. I have a fierceness of focus. How is it that that lion will ignore all the other animals in the herd and go after that one? Because he looked back and said, that's what I'm going after, and that's what I'm going to have, and I will not be denied. I will not be told no. I may be delayed, but delay is not denial because I'm one of those Acts 17 and Sixers. I was sent to turn the world upside down. So Jesus says, for this purpose, I came to this hour. What did he hold on to? Power of purpose. Fierceness of focus. So now he had the tenacity to triumph. He said, I was sent for this. I was born for this. I was built for this. It doesn't feel great, but no one asked me what I felt. My feelings are inconsequential to my mission. And check this out. Um, I, uh, I, uh, Anybody fly a lot? Anybody fly a lot? Okay, watch this. Anybody have ever flown ever in the history of your life? Okay. Um, so I have a little bit of a ritual. Say, I'm going somewhere. Say, we going somewhere. I have a little bit of a ritual. So um, I have a ritual. I have a time down. So I, I, have, a, so I have a ritual, my airport ritual. When I get to the airport, I know exactly when I need to be there. I know exactly how long it takes to go through pre-check. I have a time. I have, I, I have a time. I know exactly. I got it down. And so I, I have my ritual. I go through my ritual. So I like to be walking up to the gate when they say, my time. I'm not the type. Nothing against those at all. I'm not the type. They say, oh, let's get there four hours early and just get a good seat. I'm not trying to see no plane come in. I've seen a many. I don't need to see no plane come in. It looked the same as the other one. 
So I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that walks up right at that moment and says, I'm right here. Thanks. Now, watch this. And I do not, I do not like sitting down. If I have to sit, I'm, I'm not happy about that. I like to walk in. The folks are standing. They're making their, they're processing. Onto the aeroplane. Check it out. So I have my whole ritual. And so I have my ritual. I get on a plane, all that, and uh, I go through my ritual, do all my checks, cross-check, boom, 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 make sure, get my thing charging, got my battery pack going, boom, charging. I'm all hooked up. I got cords all everywhere. <laughs> but I'm ready to go. So no, no. Can I go to the restroom? No. You should sat somewhere else. You, no. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, I'm just joking. I'm really am. So check this out. Uh, sometimes, 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 when, especially when you're coming into Denver and taking off from Denver, one of the things that happens is that there's a lot of turbulence. Now, I'm not about that life. Because I watch too many airplane shows about stuff happening in airplanes. I watch it so I know how the pilots should handle it. So if I see the plane start doing stuff it ain't supposed to do, I know how to pray. Now, this is, this, this is me. This, that's just, you just don't judge me. It's me. So, so um, whenever the plane starts getting real rough, my last several flights, it's been real rough. So we coming up, you know, going up. It's good. It's good. It's good. And so we go, and then it seems like, watch this. It seems like it's getting good. It seems like it's getting good. Then they even turn the seatbelt sign off. Bing, bing. We hit 10,000 feet. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And the people around just talking and all that, I don't want to talk until we are 25,000 feet. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to say nothing to you. You, you focus, I'm focused. I'm trying to make sure we get to where we're going. Because I understand this is, this, I'm at my beginning point. So I got a life to live here and I got a world to turn upside down. So check this out. Check this out. Check this out. You're like, where is he going with this? I'm going to tell you. So, so, you know, you get this turbulence. You get this turbulence. And uh, the other day, the turbulence started coming real rough when they were doing the service. You know, they give you drinks and all this here. And, uh, and so they said, oh, you know, the captain comes on, uh, everybody. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, listen, we're going to, uh, <laughs> like, why don't y'all ever know what you're going to say? And we are going to uh, turn the seatbelt sign back on and ask our flight attendants to stop service right now. A little bumpy. And uh, we're going to go a little higher to try to find some smoother air. And uh, so we'll be back with you in just a moment and uh, let you know how the flight is going. Uh, thank you for flying. Sunset so Airlines, uh, we appreciate your business. Uh, thanks, folks. Now, while he's saying all that, everybody in the back, Watch this. So I noticed something about myself last time. Because you're on a plane, right? I noticed that those arm rails, whenever it starts doing this here, I grab real hold. I grab real tight. And when I grab real tight on those, uh, on those arm rails, uh, it is my way of saying, this is all I got to hold on to. So while I'm dealing with turbulence, I'm going to... Oh, okay, come on, be a good church. Some of you are like, I don't know what to do. You better learn how to hold on. Y'all not saying nothing. 
whatever I got to hold on to, if that's a prophecy, if that's a message, if that's a song, whatever I got to hold on to, I better learn how to hold on because this turbulence is just about over. I came to prophesy to somebody, your turbulence is just about over. Would you slap your neighbor, high five, say your turbulence is just about over. Father, we thank you for your word. I'm way out of time. Make the most of your holidays by celebrating Christmas at Biltmore. Enjoy a breathtaking tour of America's largest home, filled with shimmering Christmas trees and adorned in all its yuletide glory. Then, don't miss your last chance to experience our immersive digital art exhibit, Italian Renaissance Alive, during its final weeks. Save with online ticket discounts at Biltmore.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.